This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. In this podcast, I examine logical fallacies, cognitive biases, stoic teachings from masters past and present, and tips on being better at life. I hope it will be as instructive to you as it is to me in the pursuit of thinking and doing well. Be sure to check out and subscribe to the Voluntarist Voices podcast brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntarist Voices is a podcast featuring lectures, interviews, and audio essays by intellectual giants past and present. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is going to be a Life Pro Tips episode. I've got four of them pulled up here. I'm not sure how long these will take. I don't think they'll take very long, but then again, I put the total time in the episode title, so you already know how long it's going to be, I guess. All right, here's the first one. It's by Contribution Narrow 88 on the Life Pro Tips subreddit, which is my source because this is such a such a good source for this stuff. And this was a popular one. This person received a lot of awards, a lot of Reddit awards, which from what I can tell really don't mean anything. It's just a way to give uh, Reddit money <laughs> and a lot of upvotes. Uh, anyway, here it is. He he writes or she writes, dreading something? Avoidance makes it 100 times harder because it completely disempowers you. When the only way out is through, turn and face the discomfort, take a deep breath and walk towards it. This is neuroscience-backed. See the full post. Okay, let's read the rest of it. The following is from a Harvard Business School neuroscience-based behavioral course I did. Your brain is your hype man and tries very hard to prove you right using emotions as feedback. Once you decide on your goal, emotions are the hints your brain uses to help you decide whether a certain situation helps or hinders your progression toward that goal. In turn, this influences your behavior. Thoughts lead to feelings, lead to behavior. Nothing is inherently good or bad. It is all relative to what you're trying to achieve. Read that sentence again. Okay. Nothing is inherently good or bad. It it is all relative to what you're trying to achieve. If your goal is avoidance, then any progression or confrontation is going to feel very uncomfortable because your brain will be going, nope, this is bad. This is not what you wanted. Sending bad feedback. You can just as easily shift your goal. This is what mindset is, and it is up to you. And in turn, change your brain's response to the stimulus around you. Even if it is an uncomfortable situation, your brain will recognize that that it's helping you achieve your goals, so the feedback it gives you, the emotions, will be much more positive. It all starts with what you want to achieve, and if you don't know, then spend some time figuring that out. Goal clarity is like giving your brain a quest marker. You are hardwired for struggle. Go forth and courage, my comrades. Okay. I really, really like that. And this is probably one that I'm going to remember. Um, probably the most relevant example of this right now that I that's common for me is when I'm at the end of one of my work shifts. Um, and if you don't know, I work about three hours at lunch and three hours at dinner delivering food as a 
as an independent contractor gig worker, I guess you would say, for services like DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats and Postmates. And when I'm when I've had really when I've had a really good shift and I'm pretty much where I want to be earnings wise, um, I tend to slide off at the end. I tend to get demotivated and get lazy and say, look, I've got a, I've, I've hit a good number. You know, it might only be one o'clock or one thirty, and you know, the market slowed down a bit. There's less orders getting thrown at me. And so my focus tends to shift to got to get home. I got to get home. I got to eat lunch. I got to sit in front of YouTube, you know, or Netflix or whatever, have it, watch a show with my wife, have my nap. It starts to shift towards these other things. So those things become my goal. And if I sit and stay in my car, um, getting the few offers I am and I'm declining them because they're usually bad offers, I begin to feel uncomfortable because my mindset has shifted. My goal is now getting home, but here I am not working towards my goal. I'm sitting here pretending to still be doing this to try to pad my numbers a little bit more. And it gets uncomfortable and I, I feel myself getting demo- demotivated because I've shifted that goal in my head. So I, I can attest to this. This is something I encounter a lot. So my challenge, and, and you know, there's a probably more often than not, I'll sit there for 30 minutes before deciding, okay, you know, this, this is it. The, mar- the market's done for now. Time to go home. But there are, there are definitely times where I start to drive home, and now home is my goal, mentally, that an offer would pop up that matches my requirements that I would have taken had I still been parked somewhere, you know, 30 minutes earlier. It's an $8 offer. It's less than, you know, two miles of drive time. Usually, like when it goes the other way from my home, like it goes back into the city or back east, I live west. Even if it meets my requirements, it's like, I don't want to go the other way. My goal is home. <laughs> so rather than doing it because it's still, you know, one o'clock or one thirty or something, I've given up because like this article, like this post says, I've switched my goal. And so now anything that gets in the way of that goal is uncomfortable. And, and, and I, I, I feel that. So I, I make the excuse, uh, I'm, I'm at a good number. You know, I've hit 90 bucks or I've hit a hundred bucks or. I'm over a hundred bucks or whatever. I've done, I've done, I've done very well for this shift. I'm well past my minimum requirement. So I decline it, you know, and I'll, I'll still hold out. I'll say, okay, if a really fat one comes through, then I'll turn around. But then often I'll get a couple more that are within my requirements and I'll just decline them as I'm getting on the freeway and starting to drive home. It's because I've shifted my goal. So the stuff that pops up, I'm just torturing myself. So there's two options here I see for myself. I can... Try really hard to keep my focus on, I'm not going to stop until two o'clock, right? Do not shift my mind to, to, do not shift the goal in my mind to getting home now, but reaching two o'clock out here in the field. Or if I do shift my goal, I should probably turn everything off, right? And, and, end the sessions, end the dash, go offline, whatever. And then I won't have the stuff popping up. You know, then I won't have that struggle, the, the, that little mini torture sessions as I'm trying to reach my goal, yet I'm having these things pull me in the other direction that are becoming uncomfortable. <laughs> so now that I'm thinking about it this way, thanks to this life pro tip about how the neuroscience works, about how setting your goal helps your brain give you feedback necessary to move toward it, to feel good about moving toward it instead of feeling uh, and feeling and feeling. I guess, bad 
toward getting pulled away from your goal, this should be really helpful to me. I'm going to start with this today. (laughs) I really like that. Okay, Um, let's go on to the next one. This is by Allies Board. I wish I knew these people's uh, real names. All right, they, they write, if you're having a disagreement with somebody and they insult you or say something rude, act like you didn't quite hear it and ask them to repeat it. It'll take the wind out of their argument when asked to say it again. It says it's perfect for use in customer service or even when you're being shouted out by your boss and you need to keep your cool. I really, I really like this. And it reminded me of another one. I don't, I think I read it. I don't know that I ever shared it on here, but I'll talk about that in a second. And this one, if you're having a disagreement with somebody and they insult you or say something rude. So now they're, they're just, they're not engaged in their argumentation, you know, making their points with, with rationality. They've resorted to just insulting you or being rude. I like this. If you if you stop and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't quite hear you. Can you please say that again?" Right now, they're at the point where they've heard it because they said it and it came back through their ears. So now they've heard what they said and possibly feel you know feel a t- a, a, a teeny teeny bit bad about saying it. Maybe feel a little bit of shame. Maybe feel a little bit of cowardice. Maybe feel a little bit of childishness. And now you're focusing on it without focusing on it. Right. So now you're, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Can you say it again? And now for them to say it a second time will be harder for them. So, so if they manage to do it again and stick to it, then that's kind of an impressive quality. Right. <laughs> um, but it, you know, they might not. They might say, never mind or don't worry about it. Or, you know, they might, they might change their mind. You kind of give them a, you kind of give them a way out of it, which is, which is a type of kindness, I guess. Now, the other thing, Related to this is if somebody is, if somebody starts to resort to resort to insults, then one other thing you can do, if you do this and they repeat it, let's say you do this, maybe you do this first and then they repeat it, or if they don't, then you move on. If they repeat it, then you can say just simply, are you trying to hurt my feelings, right? Are you trying to hurt my feelings? I don't remember the reasoning I read about that, but just that idea that if somebody's resorting to insults then it then it's true that they're trying to they're trying to hurt your feelings but when you make that explicit and you bring it to the top and you actually say are you trying to hurt my feelings it forces them to stop and think about what they're trying to do to another person and what little empathy they have what little empathy or or maybe they have more empathy they're just caught up will hopefully rise to the surface in them and they'll stop themselves and they'll realize, oh man, I'm kind of doing a shitty thing. So those are those are your two comebacks, okay? When you're having a disagreement, be sure, just for your own virtue, if you will, be sure not to be the one insulting and being rude. That's that's just that's just nonsense, right? That's childishness. It doesn't help doesn't help things. If you're if you're losing, if you're wrong, I think the wise thing to do the better person thing to do is to acknowledge you're wrong and learn better, right? That's what we talk about a lot on here, right? So the first thing is don't be the person offering the insult. You don't want to. You don't want to stoop to that level. At least I hope you don't want to. So when they do, I guess step one: say I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Can you say it again? And if they change their mind and they say never mind or whatever, then that's fine. Let it go. If they repeat the insult or whatever rude thing they said which is probably insulting, then follow up with, are you trying to hurt my feelings, right? Because now now 
you've shifted the conversation from whatever it was you were arguing about that got them all upset that they felt the need to insult you to having a conversation about the insult. And I think for a lot of people, that will be embarrassing. (laughs) That will be embarrassing, right? It'll be, oh my gosh, you're right. You know, what an asshole I am. I'm trying to hurt your feelings. Nobody wants their feelings hurt. Or they'll say, yes, I am trying to hurt your feelings. And then you would follow up with, why are you trying to hurt my feelings? You know, (laughs) maybe they'll say, because I want to, because I want to cause you pain, because why would you want to cause me pain? I don't like you. Why don't you like me? You know, now, now it's personal. Now it's real. (laughs) Now it's real shit. You know, now you're, now you're having a, now you're having a connection, right? Maybe you were disconnected before and that's why it got so easy to, to get to insults. But now, even though this is kind of a weird backdoor way of getting there, now you're making a connection with another human being. And it's kind of a really weird way to, to make that connection. I, I get it. But when that happens, I'm sorry I didn't catch that. They repeat it. Are you trying to hurt my feelings? You know, they'll literally say, no, I'm sorry. I got out of hand. Okay. You know, you have a connection at that point. Or they'll say, yes. And they'll say, why are you trying to hurt my feelings? You know, now you're going down a kind of a strange road that they've got to confront some things about you, probably about themselves. And it's going to get uncomfortable. But believe it or not, that's where a bond can happen. That's where a connection can happen. Okay, here's the next one. This is by War Lizard. (laughs) They write, the week after Christmas, thrift stores are flooded with things replaced by gifts, and those things are often nearly brand new. Go early and go often for great deals. Also, tons of brand new items are there that people didn't want but are too polite to return. Now, this is interesting. I have some experience with thrift stores. The big thrift store here in Salt Lake City is called Deseret Industries, and it's actually owned by the Mormon Church, hence the name Deseret. That's a big, that's a big Mormon name. Um, and I've gotten stuff there. I've gotten a lot of books from there. When I, when I do happen to find myself there, I love, absolutely love going to the book section, looking through every book and picking out stuff that I want in my library. I've gotten collections of fairy tales. I got Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. I've gotten, let me just turn around. I got some sitting there. Oh, I got War and Peace, that huge novel. I'll probably never read it. It's huge. Um, another copy of Aesop's Fables. I've got an illustrated version already. Oh, I picked this one up last time. Introduction Introduction to Logic and Critical Thinking. I'm like, oh, this is a cool like textbook style. Anyway, that's, that's what I love doing. And, you know, you see a lot of nonsense. Um, but there's some gems. You find some gems, and then by the end, I have a handful of like 10 books, and then I kind of go through them a second time. I'm like, eh, I don't really want this. I don't really want this. And when I go to check out, it's like $5 for all of it. It's like, shit, hell yeah. Um, my, uh, my daughter's been asking me lately to take her there because she wants to load up on some stuff for really cheap. You know, she doesn't have a lot of money, but she wants to go and see if she can get some, some cute clothes, some skirts and this and that. Um, so I need to do that. We were there the other day, My we dropped my wife off at her yoga class, and I was with my youngest, My uh, she's six now, she was five at the time, this was just a few months ago, and we were there looking around, and she wanted to look for like a, like a Barbie house or something, and I'm, you know, looking at books, and I'm like, this is, I think, when I got those books I just read off, and, you know, I'm like, you know, go, go look at the toys, you know, be gone, <laughs> be gone, child, leave daddy alone, <laughs> he's busy, and she goes into like the back section where they got like the bikes and all the big stuff. And she comes in, she's like, daddy, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, what? She's like, it's so big. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she talking about? So we go in there 
And it's a huge Barbie dream house that's taller than she is. And these, I looked them up on Amazon later, and they're like 120 130 bucks. But it comes with all the furniture and stuff. This was just the house, and it didn't have any of the furniture. And it had a sticker on it for 15 bucks. I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly why we came. I can't, I can't tell her no. And the last Christmas and her birthday, I'd got her these little dollhouse things that just weren't quite what she wanted. So we bought it. Took it apart, put it in the put it in the car, got it home, surprised the wife, <laughs> and it's like I couldn't not buy it. It was fifteen bucks. This you know it's this thing's ten times that much new. So you can find you can find some real gems at the thrift store. Um, but this idea of hitting the thrift store after Christmas, I've never done that. Dare I do that? Dare I take the family to the thrift store <laughs> after Christmas? This is what we're gonna do. We're not gonna have a Christmas. Kids, we're not going to get any presents this year, kids, on Christmas. But the next day, we're going to go to the thrift store, and we're going to have Christmas. Cha-ching. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so I'm going to remember that. I don't know if we'll go this year. We'll see. Maybe. Um, okay, last one. This is by Leonum. I don't know if I'm saying that right. This one caught my eye. I'll, I'll tell you why after I read it. It says, if your grandparents are still alive, visit them, talk to them, let them tell you about their lives, find out as much as possible, and write it down. Now, I never wrote anything down, but for a while after my first son was born, we would visit. I had my paternal grandparents, both of them alive, and I had my maternal grandmother my maternal grandfather passed away in 98 from cancer when I was 14. That was, that, was, that was a hard and an interesting time because we all knew it was coming. He gathered all his grandkids. He talked to us, um, you know, one, one time. And then like a week later, all, my, all his kids and their spouses went over and he passed away with them. That was, that, was, that was hard. That wasn't one of those, they've had a long, fulfilling life. We're happy that that they're moving on type of funerals. That was like a tragedy, right? Because he was so young. He was younger, 60-something, I don't know. This was over 20 years ago. All of his grandkids were just young, you know. We were all there, and we all knew what was going on. That was a tough time. But his wife survived him. She married again. She survived a second husband. She just passed away a couple weeks ago. She had been looking for a way out of life for almost a decade now. And she got coronavirus in a nursing home. She was mostly asymptomatic, but she had really low oxygen levels. So that was her green light. I'm going to go to sleep. Take me off the oxygen. I have a DNR. And she passed away a, a day or two later, peacefully. Um, oh, that was a little bit of a tangent. So after my son was born, you know, and as he was getting older, we would visit all my grandparents every month. Every month we would visit. We would sit down. That way that they could imprint, you know, they could imprint on my, my kid. And then my, you know, four years later, my, my, our second, our daughter, Rosie was born and she was still, she was, she was born after my paternal grandmother died. Her name is, was Rosemary. So we named Rosie, who I call Rosie. Her first name is Leanne and her middle name is Rose, Leanne Rose for, from my grandma, Rosemary. And I call her Rosie. I'm uh I think I'm the only one that calls her Rosie. My family might, but all my wife's family calls her Leanne. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little more Spanish, I guess, which is why they do that. 
So she doesn't really have, she doesn't have any memories of my, my grandma, who she's named after. She really doesn't have any memories of my grandpa because he passed a couple years after that and she was still one or two. But she got a lot of time. And then my daughter that came five years after her, Marion, who's now the one I just talked about with the, the Barbie house, she had a good five years with my, my grandma who just passed away. But we went every month to visit and to sit down and to chat. And I'm so happy I did that for my own sake and for my kids' sake. My son has, you know, he knows his great-grandparents. He knew them. He has those memories. We have a lot of photos, too. And I, I think that's special. I think that's a really good thing for kids to experience. Now, the grandparent-grandchild relationship is usually pretty peaceful, right? The grandparent usually isn't the one doing the disciplining or anything like that. So even if the grandparent was, or I should say, was the kind of parent that I would vehement, vehement, vehemently disagree with, that's not the person I experienced, you know what I mean? So it's it's kind of strange, you know, because I can think I can hear stories and I can think about how they did things as a parent, and I could I could be revolted. No, you know, I'm revolted by the way my parents did things, and I can say that's too bad. I can also hear stories about how their parents, you know, my my grandma, the one that just passed away, she had a very incredibly shitty childhood. Her mother was very abusive. She didn't have stable school life or stable home life or you know, she was kind of one of those kids that, that she didn't really have anybody, any family to care about what she did, so she didn't do much. But she, she really became something in life. She she was a great cook, a great chef. She ran a cafeteria for a special needs school, I believe, for, you know, that's what she retired from. And it was it's interesting because she she school was never really, from what I understand, school was never really a part of her childhood. Um, actually, in in the in one of the talks or eulogies that my uncle gave that's how he described her was that she was unschooled throughout her life and it's kind of interesting because when we would tell her when we first told her that our our kids aren't going to school she I, we could tell her that bothered her and she would tell us they've got to go to school there's so much they can get from school there's so much they're missing out on if they don't go to school and now i understand where that came from right she sort of had this idyllic view of school because to her it was something that was out of reach i guess whereas for me it wasn't for me it was it was it was prison right and it was torture it was a very bad environment i think i think that's true i think it's a very bad environment for kids but she doesn't have that experience with it she doesn't see it that way so she always wanted to make the point that our kids are missing out and they need to, they need to go to school <laughs> right so consider the source of the advice <laughs> is what i'm saying Anyway, I don't know why I got onto that, but she was loved. We loved her. We've got so many photos with her um, and memories, and my children do too, and that's that's really special. I had really good memories with my great-grandparents, my, my maternal, paternal. So my grandfather that passed away 22 years ago, his parents survived him, and I've got good memories with them. As, as grandkids, they lived a couple blocks over from my, my grandparents. And we'd go to my grandparents' house, you know, every other weekend or whatever, every other Sunday for, for dinner. And then me and my cousins or my siblings, we would then walk over to my great-grandma's house, and we would play cards with her. We would play Old Maid. We would play Go Fish. We would play Slapjack. It was all about sitting at the table, playing cards with her and seeing her face. And she was a beautiful person. 
she was so kind and she was so amazing. And they passed away after my grandpa. They survived him because, he, like I said, he passed early. Um, but I, I got good memories with them. All right. So that's it. That's, that's, that's what we'll end with. If your grandparents are still alive, visit them regularly. Because the day will come, like it does for all of us, where you won't be able to do that anymore. And you don't want to have any regrets around that. And I know for some people, it can be difficult because some par- some grandparents are religious. Maybe they're religious and you're not. And so it can be annoying to, to be asked the question, you know, how's church? Why aren't you going to church? Blah, blah, blah. I think it's worth just dealing with that, doing what you can to just sidestep it and change the topic. It's good practice for that sort of thing. But don't let that stop you from creating those memories. You know, if you want to get real with them and say, look, grandma, I know this is important to you. Maybe one day things will change for me. But right now, this is where I'm at. And I, I really want to keep coming over here. Let's, let's, let's talk about something else. You know, try, really try to make it work because you're going to want that and your kids are going to want that. All right. That's going to do it. I hope these were helpful. I'm going to, let's just do a quick review. Um, your mindset, your goal. As long as you have your goal set, then the feedback you're going to get through your emotions from your brain will be positive if it's helping you to achieve that goal. And if it's not, then it's going to be torturous. So be careful about what where you set your goal when there's something you need to do. Set it on the thing you need to do rather than on avoiding it was, was the point. The second thing, if um, somebody insults you, you know, after you're, you've had an argument or a disagreement with them, they, they result to they resort to insults. First step, ask them, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Can you say that again? It might take the wind out of their cells and they'll move on. If they repeat it, say, you know, now you're shifting it to, are you trying to hurt my feelings? Why would you want to hurt my feelings? You know, now you're, now you're getting real with them. That could be interesting. Make a connection that way. Um, thrift stores after Christmas, get those, uh, get those deals um, and visiting your grandparents. And other, you know, great aunts, great uncles, that sort of stuff too. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Please consider supporting this podcast at everythingvoluntary.com by visiting patreon.com forward slash EVC or paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary. Thank you. Thank you.